Sure, says on's great. Perfect. Sure, says on's great. Well, if that's not a way to start a show, eh, maybe this is. Welcome to the Brew Files from Experimental Brewing, our quick hit series where we focus on fundamental aspects of brewing, including styles, techniques, and recipes. More brew, more flavor, more stories, less time, still less ukulele. In this episode, we're back in Orlando, and I'm sitting down and talking with Steve Lembree and John Sather from Brewers Anonymous, headquartered out of Rock Pit Brewing and Orlando Homebrew Supplies. We talk about the Saison they're brewing on a Brewzilla, their homebrew club, and how they, a brand new club, managed to beat the rest of the clubs in Florida to be the Florida Homebrew Club of the Year. And also, before we forget, a quick congrats to Steve and Jennifer on their new baby boy, Emerson, who has been born since we recorded the show. But first... A message from our sponsors. Getting accurate measurements of your beer is one of the keys to improving your brewing. The Pro Series Hydrometers from Brewing America will help you help your beer. These American-made NIST traceable hydrometers are accurate, easy to read, and the kits come with a cleaning brush and cloth and a borosilicate test flask that uses half the sample size of most flasks. That means less beer for testing and more beer for you. Brewing America is a small, family-owned business of husband and wife veterans, so when you buy a Brewing America hydrometer, you're not only getting a great piece of equipment, you're supporting the people who support America. Brewing America hydrometers are available on Amazon or at www.brewingamerica.com. This episode is brought to you by Brewers Publications, publishing books of enduring value for amateur and professional brewers, as well as titles that promote understanding and appreciation of American craft beer. Visit BrewersPublications.com to learn more. So, all right, we think we have the the Saison Ublon, right? Because yes. this is not the Black Saison, obviously. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, that'll, that'll come later. Yeah. And so this is a, a rock pit. Uh, can you tell me anything about the beer? Uh, honestly, I really don't know anything about the beer, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't really get to work here anymore. I don't have the time for it. So I haven't been an active bartender here for about a year. Now, who am I talking to? Oh, so I'm, I'm Steve Lembry. Um, I'm with... Uh, 
well, Brewers Anonymous, um, and uh, I've got John John Sather here, also a member of Brewers Anonymous. We're a homebrew club here in uh, Orlando, Florida. We're a pretty new group. We've been around, uh, what, about three years just about? Yes. Officially got started in like 2017 or so, um, and uh, we kind of started out by just having a couple people over to the homebrew shop at Orlando Homebrew Supplies and uh, get together for pizza and a couple of beers. And next thing you know, we get 30 people showing up to each one of our meetings. So <laughs> Next thing you know, you look around and you go, hey, I, I think we're a club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and originally when we started, we weren't going to like form formal, you know, club uh, bylaws and do all that stuff. But uh, I was like, I don't have the money to support the pizza. <laughs> so that's what we said. You know, maybe it's time we kind of start doing something to, to make it a little more formal. Well, and technically, I mean, you guys are still, you know, even right now at the Orlando Homebrew Supply Store. It just now it's at a different facility. Yes, absolutely. So formerly, we used to be over on Curry Ford Road, um, and it was just a little tiny 1,400-square-foot shop. And so, like, it would get really packed in there, especially, you know, 25, 30 people. Um, and, and I'm imagining during a Florida summer, that's a fun experience. Oh, yes. We actually had one uh, day when the AC went out on us, and uh, so I ended up calling uh, Bob over at Ocean Sun. I was like, Bob, we have an emergency. I need to have this meeting. Can we come over to your place? So we went over to Ocean Sun and crashed his place, but it happens. <laughs> Yeah, Ocean Sun was a fun little brewery, too. I, I, I've been in there once, and I just remember marveling at the size of the, the facility. Yeah, it was like 10,000-square-foot place. It was pretty big. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, this is random and new for Orlando. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think that was their demise, though, wasn't it, that the the well, place was a little bit big for them? And, I mean, they Bob brewed outstanding beers, and uh, they ended up, one of the partners not wanting to stick with it or something. Maybe they had a bill they had to pay, and they needed the money out of it. So they ended up closing it, and and uh, now everybody's coming over here. There you go. Uh, yeah. And so, so we're at Rock Pit Brewing, uh, which is just uh, you know just around Michigan Avenue, and, and next to I think one of the largest ABC stores I've ever seen. Yeah, it's a pretty cool store. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're sitting here with the wafting smells of barbecue and beer, and the wafting smell of a brew. Mm-hmm. So, all right, what is Brewers Anonymous making today? Uh, so today we're making a, uh, a Saison that's kind of inspired by a DuPont. Um, and uh, we originally were, John and I had never brewed on a Brewzilla before. So this was an opportunity for us just to kind of get together and for me to show him the system because uh, he kind of wants to get one. Yeah, I was going to get one through uh, Orlando Brewing Supplies here. So it's kind of a win-win here yeah good supporting your local your local homebrew shop that supports the club too very important and for listeners who don't know i mean i have a grandfather at home i have a mash and boil brazil is very much in that same line it's one of these electric electric fired uh all-in-one type systems i think you know they always remind me of the old uh, church coffee urns Yes, exactly. That's really yeah. what it is. It's, it's a coffee urn with a computer <laughs> and some big elements. So we're making a saison. What, what's in the, the recipe to make it DuPont-esque? Uh, so we're going to end up putting a little bit of candy sugar in there. We're doing clear candy sugar, uh, but we're doing Pilsner uh, malt. It's about 87% Pilsner malt. And then we're doing a little bit of Cara Munich uh, and a little bit of Vienna malt. Uh, we have a little bit of oats in there. Um, and then we're going to do, uh, for our hop edition, we're going to do EKG and uh, Steering Golding. That's fairly close to a lot of the, the hops they would use. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think most of the time when I see over there, I saw, yeah, Y Valley Goldings, uh, which I I don't think I've seen those in a homebrew shop in ages. I've never seen them. I've always heard about it. It's always been kind of like that unicorn. Yeah. 
you know, there's yeah, there's always some sort of unicorn hop out there. It's like a the other old American one that you never see anymore, Aroika, yeah. that, that used to be used all over the place. Yep. <laughs> right, and so we're in the mash phase. We've got uh, uh, <laughs> we've got the mash being stored currently. And what what are we mashing at? Uh, one fifty two. So our initial strike temp was about 160, uh, and then I lowered it down to 152 as we dowed in. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to hold it there for about an hour, and then we'll do um, mash out, and then we'll sparge with about four gallons of water and uh, go into a boil. There you go. And you you also are very lucky in the fact that you've got the 220 version. Yes. So you don't don't suffer from power problems. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. I was really lucky uh, because at our house that we have now down by Williamsburg, um, we had an electric stove in there. And so when we first moved in, I was like, man, I got natural gas right on the other side of this wall. So I got rid of the electric stove and I got natural gas, but then I had this 50-amp circuit. I was like, well, 50-amp circuit in the kitchen, that's perfect for brewing beer. (laughs) So I just relocated it and... What with this? It's not doing anything. I know what it needs to do. It needs to make beer. <laughs> That's right. Especially inside an AC in the summertime. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've only been brewing for about six years, but the first four years of it was spent out in the garage, mm-hmm. which normally on a brew day gets to be about 100 degrees or so, if not more, in the summer. And, 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 uh, and don't forget the lovely humidity. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The 90 plus yeah. percent. It's yeah. like brewing it, in a swimming pool. Yeah. It's not the heat that gets you here. It's no. the humidity. Right. So, yeah, now you can brew inside with this. And uh, what about water, uh, like water concentration from uh, when you're boiling? Do you, ha- you have to worry about the vapor at all? Or No, we have really nice uh, cathedral ceilings in our house. So it just kind of goes up there and disperses. And I haven't really had any issues as of yet. Um, my wife, Jen, though, she works at the shop. She uh, This is kind of like her baby. This is her system. Mm-hmm. But she also has a Gigawork uh, from Perfect. Northern Brewer. And she loves that little system for doing little two and a half, three gallon batches. Um, with that one, we normally do it on the countertop, and so yep. we have you know ceiling right above that. So we do get condensation with that, but it's nothing big. We just kind of wipe it down as we go. Just you it's, know, it's your own little rainstorm. Be conscious of it. I I really we were talking about this earlier. I really admire these systems for you know this whole all in one idea, just because I do think for our homebrew level style of things, these work like a charm. Oh, absolutely. And they, they just kind of make things easy. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, you brought your Brusilla here. And, I mean, it was literally like, what, pick it up, throw it in the car. Yeah, as opposed to, okay, I got to move three kettles. I got to do a cooler. I got to do all the buckets. So, yeah, I mean, these, these are really nice. I, I, I've, I've found that any of these all-in-one systems, I mean, they, they vary on features. They vary on build quality. They vary on a lot of stuff. They've made brewing so much easier to just kind of go and do. Yeah, compared to years ago. Yes. Uh, and, and a couple of years ago, uh, I gave a presentation at one of our brew club meetings about turnkey systems. And this was before um, the Brewzilla came out and Kegland came out with their line of products. Um, but it was uh, a nice... Uh, I talked about like the, the Blickman systems, that they got the easy mash, I think it is, the stackable ones. And uh, the Grainfather was the only one at the time besides the Zymatic. Yep. Now, I'm a big advocate of them because it, it's a small footprint. Any of these systems, it makes it easy for someone that's in an apartment to get brewing instead of having to have all the mash tons and the kettles and the burners and all that jazz. We need to have a storage unit just for that. Yep. And, and when you can do a small batch with this, like you were talking, you know, you can do like a two-gallon batch if you want to. Yep. Or you can go all the way up and do, you know, five. And, and these actually, have, I mean, all these systems that have surprisingly good grain capacity to them, you can make a decent-sized beer out of it. Oh, absolutely. We got, I think, 14 pounds of grain in there now, and if you take a look at it, we could totally fit a little more in there i think the max on it's like 18 you could always do an augmented mash too if you need to try to do like a russian imperial stout you know you just dough in half your grains and then mash that for an hour and then pull the grains out put your other half in and we, we talked to the the hops we talked to the, the malt 
Uh, you guys are using the the blousey strain, right? The thirty seven twenty six. Yeah. Then this is your first time using it. Correct. This is our first time. I normally like to use French saison yeast. That's kind of just kind of my my go to. Uh, but my wife said, "Well, we got this new you know farmhouse from Y yeast." I was like, "All right, let's give it a shot." So the thirty seven twenty six used to be one of the Y yeast premium ones. You know, like the platinum strains that they only broke out like occasionally. Sure. And it got enough acclaim and enough popularity from people using it and people going, "No, oh, we really like this yeast." That's now a year round, and it yeah, like I said, it's the Blaugy strain. To me, it has all of the reliability of the French saison yeast, but with a more interesting character, right? I mean, it is, so it's a great fermenter. It takes off, it goes, and then, but it also throws something more. Like for me, with the French saison, you get like a little bit of pepperiness, but you also then get like that uh, glycerol effect, you know, that, that builds up the the body. But that's a large part of what you're getting out of it, and you're not getting much else. So this blousy strain to me is kind of the best of both worlds, even though I really still like 3724, you know, the the, the DuPont uh, (laughs) strain that everybody loves to complain about. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, and then, so you guys are brewing this now. How long do you think before you're going to have it available? I don't know. We haven't really talked about that. Uh, we have a baby coming soon. Jen and I are expecting we are about uh, five weeks away. So oh boy. <laughs> fingers crossed, uh, hopefully uh, sometime before then so we can have a little get together. Yeah. Uh, may I recommend that you go back and you listen to the uh, Brew Files episode on making a mother's beer? I actually have done that. So I have <laughs> brewed that beer twice now for friends and they loved it. And I'm actually going to do a batch for Jen too. Beer. Is there nothing it can't do? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Not> absolutely. Really. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk about Brewers Anonymous because, I mean, you guys are here, right? I mean, when do you guys meet here at Rockbit? So actually last night was our, our meeting for the first one of the year, but we meet on the third Friday of every month here at Rockpit at 7 o'clock. And uh, we normally do like just a 30-minute social gathering. Everyone kind of introduces themselves. They're new or whatever. I encourage people to go around with their beer or an empty glass and say, hey, my name is Steve. What did you bring? Um, and then we'll go into like meeting business after that. And then we normally have like a brewing school of some kind of subject. So like last night was yeast propagation and generations and kind of harvesting yeast and then storing it to be able to use later generations. And I, I think I piped in on one of your meetings one time, uh, streamed <laughs> on Facebook because you were doing, it was the Perch Can Ward, right? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, wa- I watched you give that lesson. You did a good job. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and so how many members are in Brewers Anonymous? Uh, so last year we had 85. Um, and this year we're already off to a good start. We got about 45, but we're only, what, three weeks into 2020. So <laughs> we're doing pretty good so far. Well, and of course, 2019 was a big, uh, big year for the club, wasn't it? Yes, yes. it was a huge year. Um, so we uh, ended up uh, winning Florida Homebrew Club of the Year. Um, which was really surprising because um, there's a lot of amazing clubs that have been around for a very long time here in Florida. And uh, we actually kind of took the race to them and uh, we did really good. And it was quite close. I think we're only about 12 points apart or something. Yeah. From MASH, I think down in Miami, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. We, uh, Steve and I have done the beer train up to Gainesville and over to uh, Melbourne. And, you know, then we went over to Tampa to, we kind of got a little idea. We thought we were real close to the first place, but we didn't know. So we tried to get as many members as we could to go with us. And uh, once we got there, you know, we're kind of a, I think everybody in the club brews and that we're kind of a competitive club right now, you know, being a new club and everybody's beers are so new to them and they're learning. the And everybody's got fire. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah, fire. Super excited. Yeah, yeah super excited, which uh, is, is really exciting for me because I've been around a long time you know probably 
I was gonna say, yeah, we, I mean, we talked earlier that we met like a decade ago. Yeah, over at the you know Orlando Brewing, and uh, chatted quite a long time at the bar over there. You know, when it was like the only brewery in Orlando. Yeah, so I, was, I think, yeah, it was that and like hops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hops. Yeah, I remember Matt Glass. He brewed for hops. He was a he was a good guy. But now, this for people who aren't from Florida or and in the Humber scene. How does the club go about winning the Florida Homebrew Club of the Year? So there's a series of competitions that happen in the state of Florida um, that are part of what's called the Florida Circuit. It's what, seven competitions, I think? I think so, yeah. It starts uh, in Miami here. Yep, yep. We got Coconut Cup, actually. We have our entries going down there tomorrow. Uh, but that goes on to MASH. Um, but we end up having these different competitions. And so members enter um, on Beer, which is the online registration software. And they just put our club down as the club that they're competing for. And uh, as you win medals, uh, you end up racking up points for the club. And then uh, over the course of the year, you end up, you know, piling up a bunch of points. I think we had almost 200 points. Uh And, um, yeah, so just a lot of competing and getting a lot of medals. Yeah, we have a lot of inter-club competitions every other month. Um, We have an inter-club brewer of the club each year. I think Elliot Meyer won that this year. Two years in a row, actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's really a brewing uh, machine. Yes. yes. Unbelievable. And Ross Williams gave him all he could handle, I think. He did. You know, but um, those guys are kind of our, our base of how we're winning a lot of points. Because I guess you get uh, more points for um, best of show, and then it goes down to first place, second, and third, depending on the points you get for the competitions. And um, then we, I don't know. We really did well this year, and uh, and Steve's you know got a baby coming, and he's maybe going to go professional. Who knows? And and uh, we're uh, making changes this year a little bit. Then, uh, but I think all everybody's still quite you know excited about it. And and tr- we just had what twenty percent of the entries to Miami, I think, or something like that, or Coconut Cup, and uh, four hundred and twenty-five entry competition. We you a- should see that it's like twenty-one cases in Steve's cars. <laughs> The Raiders almost scraped the bumper, you know, yep. as we go in there. You, you didn't get the extra heavy-duty suspension? No, I throw it all in a, jo- a Jetta. <laughs> all right, come on. That, 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 that's just poor uh, poor planning, man. Poor planning. Yes. Yeah. He likes Volkswagen, so. I do. It's a fun <laughs> car. It doesn't go that fast, though, when you got all that beer in the back. <laughs> You've got the, you got the club competing. you got all this fire in the belly, right? And, I mean, how much is that you guys attribute to the club being new? And you know, is that? Do you think that this is easier for you guys because you are new, or well, yes, I do personally. Yeah. Yes, uh, there's other clubs that been around a long time, thirty years or more, and and uh, you know they they've kind of been there, done that. They got all the answers that a lot of the members in this club are asking those questions now. And I think Steve does a good job on on recruiting and Jen because they come in here, they come buy equipment. And, you know, it, it's a good way to get them to think about joining a club so they can brew their beers and make better beers through everybody that they, in the club that they learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, having like-minded people around and then you can bring your beers. We encourage you to bring home brews so that way you can go ahead and get feedback from other brewers. And Well, I always tell people that, you know, the nice thing about being in a homebrew club or going to like homebrew con or something like that is you get to spend time with people who aren't going to roll their eyes at you when you're talking about obsessively about beer you know, exactly. they, they, you know like oh, my the, wife <laughs> oh. oh i mean look at work my co- uh, my colleagues have a, a rule in place i'm only allowed to talk about beer once per day oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because 
I'm going to keep talking about beer every time it comes into my head, which is about every 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Ooh. I was going to say, is that eight hours, that time period? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I, I work from home, so I don't really have the office environment, but I, I am in chat all the time. I work for the, the fruit company, we'll say. And, uh, so I have all the interaction just through chat. So I always end up sparking up a chat about beer. And then actually one guy on my new team just came over. He's like, dude, I just want to get started with homebrewing. So now he and I just chatting all day back and forth, talking about homebrewing and different techniques and stuff. So it's kind of cool. It's a good. It's a good way to keep your mind active during a, a long work day. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I keep trying to tell that to people and they, they don't believe me. <laughs> so now you guys talked, you have the competition, you know, you have your meetings. What else does the club do? You know, how do you, how do you guys keep keep the the unit together? Jen, before she become pregnant, got a bunch of events. We went up to um, the Green Cemetery. Is that right? Oh yeah, Greenwood Cemetery Greenwood. over on uh, over by uh, four hundred eight. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the guy there was a wealth of information about the Bumbies and the Paramours, and he showing us where they are all you know buried and where they're they're. Come rock Padres were with them, and you know, I mean, it was a really interesting event. That one, that Greenwood Cemetery, yeah, and it was spiel. right before, uh, um, right before Halloween, and so we told everybody brew some historical beers and bring historical beers with you. Uh, and so uh, I think Jen and I did like an English mild, and then uh, Carol did a porter, I believe, and so we ended up having like wagons that we were bringing through the cemetery that had uh, coolers in them with kegs. And uh, the guy that was given the tour, is, uh, Don, he's a really cool guy. He's like, just keep my cup filled and we'll be good. <laughs> Did you guys make sure to pour one out for the Bumbies? Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for people who are not from Orlando, the Paramours and the Bumbies and are like a lot of the early founding families of, of Orlando who... I think modern uh, modern Orlandans probably mostly know them as roads, the streets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're just street names now. <laughs> so, uh, but we do fun events like that. We did a Central Florida Hop Farm uh, tour, which is really kind of neat. We do learn to brew days here. Um, I teach classes here at the shop itself for folks that are new to the hobby, and then we always try to get them back into the club and everything. A lot of our members are still growing some of those hop plants that they got from out there in Zellwood. Uh, they're, they're Big cones, Austin, I think, still got a bunch oh, going. Yeah. And, uh, I have some going. Mine kind of fell back uh, this year. <laughs> I had a real good harvest and, uh, I don't know, some rust, I think, and, and black fungus or something hit them. So I, I couldn't keep them down. But they're coming back again. They're pretty hardy. Oh, well, yeah. And, and I talked to uh, Richard Smith on the on the podcast before. And I, I expressed it then, and I, I still express it now. I'm like, I can't believe you you can get hops to grow in this level of humidity. It's incredible. Because they're, they're so moisture-sensitive. Right. You know? uh, they, they'll mildew so easily, but, I mean, I, I have the hops that you, that you gave me. Yep. Uh, they smell fantastic, and when I get back home, they're finally going to go into a beer now that I've got room in my schedule. <laughs> <sighs> um, so, uh, that's really, really cool. So, uh, you know, the hop trip, I, I love the cemetery trip. That's that's hysterical to me. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. We need to do that again. Yeah, I, that was very, very, I learned a lot there. You know, I've been here 30 years. So we also do master classes, which is really kind of neat. We do members-only specific classes where we'll go ahead and uh, reach out to, like, say, Bobby from Bowiegans, where you were at the other night. And uh, we said, hey, Bobby, can you teach us a class? Just choose a subject. And so he picked uh, recipe formulation. And uh, he went ahead and gave a two-hour presentation to our members. We went all up to the tap room. We just They closed down for the night. And we ended up recording it, put it on YouTube for a couple of folks to be able to watch later on. But um, 
That's actually a really right idea. I like that. I'm stealing it. And <laughs> Broken Strings <Do> <laughs> with uh, Charles Frizzell, he showed us how to uh, barrel uh, age beer and transfer it uh, into the barrels and out of the barrels. Yep. Um, good and old bulldogs. Danny here, he did um, a, a sour, sour class, yeah. two two hour class on brewing sours, doing kettle sours, and That's all great. The different bugs. So. Well, and, and are you, are you guys doing it like? I mean, you're going to the breweries to to have the class then, so exactly, yeah. So it, it's good for the breweries because they get the, they get the traffic in. It's good for the club because obviously you're learning something, and it's good for everybody because it's more talking about beer. Exactly. We went up to Tactical also, uh, oh, yeah. and uh, they showed you know they showed us their equipment how they kind of brew in a bag, I think, isn't it? Right now, brew in a basket, yeah, a basket, it's a yeah. Colorado system, yeah, uh, and. Uh, you know, they really emphasize how everybody should really know their equipment and know, you know, the limits uh, of what could happen, I guess. So, and well, what, what it needs, you know, I mean, I mean, here at Rockford, I mean, what they're using one of the Brownmasters, right? So, no, that's a, that's a Colorado system. Okay. But You're it, actually it's surrounded by Colorado systems. You got a 20 gallon, uh, and a yeah. one barrel, and then a five barrel. <laughs> it, it, but it's the, I mean, actually, it's, it's not too dissimilar an idea to like the Brazil or the, the Brownmasters. It's, yeah, a big basket that you lift up and, and drain. So, I mean, it's uh, effectively, it's brewing a stainless steel bag. Yep, exactly. <laughs> right. So, that's cool. Um, well, anything else that you guys want the, the the world to know about Brewers Anonymous or about your brew? Or I'd like to say that we have the Home Brew of the Year Cup right here in uh, Orlando uh, Homebrew Supply Store. So, uh, we're pretty proud of that right now. The big old dish sitting right yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to drink out of it once we won it over. You know, we got it last November in Tampa, and as many members as came as we could. And uh, they poured, I don't know what they pour in there, Oktoberfest. Marzen, yeah. Marzen, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was really hard to drink out of it without it pouring <laughs> over under your front of your shirt. I mean, it's basically, it's a big punch bowl. <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. right. <laughs> but, it's uh, funny enough, it was made by Bob Sylvester from St. Somewhere uh, 20 years ago. Oh, good old Bob. Yep. Is there anything Bob can't do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Bob, Bob is still one of my favorite people, so shout out, Bob. Yep. <laughs> um, well, and that's like in California. We had the California Humber Club of the Year from Anchor, and they have a mug, like this big quart-plus mug, hand-hammered out of copper that, uh, that they, when they brought the system in from Germany, they had the leftover copper from when they fitted it into their plant, and they had their coppersmith make this mug. And so... Yeah, the, the, the tradition is if you win the cl- cup, you know, only get this big old thing, but you have to, as the club president, drink a whole mug. And, of course, every time you do it, people are always like, put old foghorn in there, barley wine chug. <laughs> and almost, almost everyone that I know has either gone for steam or liberty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to go for something easy on that one. <laughs> kind of like a beer fest chug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not easy. Turns, it turns out getting your nose in the middle of a big uh, copper mug, uh, you start to have breathing problems before too long. <laughs> <laughs> but that was fun. That was exciting, you know. Um, and the other clubs were very, you know, um, appreciative of us Supportive, yeah. jumping in as a new club and winning it like we did. So uh, it, it was fun to, to meet a lot of the other guys from the other clubs that i haven't seen before or if i knew i have seen them it's been years since i've uh, chatted with them i mean the, the nice thing about homebrewing in my mind is that it's about 99.5 percent uh asshat free mm-hmm. absolutely all right come on we, we all know that we're weird obsessive people obsessing over something that most people go what <laughs> yeah and you work that hard at it you know it's not that easy of a hobby you know yeah. 
and it's just so cool because you know we're so new, and uh, the other clubs around us have been so awesome about it and supportive, and uh, it's just cool to be able to like stand on the shoulders of giants for a moment and just be like, we're number yes. one, and you know without them, we wouldn't be here. You know, they're the ones who laid the groundwork for making Florida an awesome homebrew scene and. Hats off to them. And I have to say, uh, Florida is also now becoming an awesome beer scene. Yes. Uh, if, if it had been this awesome when I was uh, when, when I was moving out of state, I might have stayed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Orlando beer doesn't suck. Not anymore. <laughs> nope. No, no. It's, you want you know, different choices. You can go, I don't know, farthest I think around is maybe 13 miles or the farthest. It depends. If you want to go to Sanford or, uh, you know, West Orlando, East Orlando, Central uh, Orlando, there's a brewery somewhere around. Well, now. I, as I found out the other night, you know that there was a brewery on the way home from the fish shack. Who knew? Yep, it was uh-huh. right there. It's Bowegan's yeah. perfect little spot. Yeah. Did you have the seven layer milk stuff? Because that's really good. I, I, I didn't. I had their uh, their tropical, uh, their double dry hop tropical IPA. Oh, okay. That was really nice. You know, nice. A, a nice little, a nice little pint. Somewhat between a, a hazy and a, and a West Coast style IPA. So nice. just over here is Hourglass, little mm-hmm. tap room they have uh, off Curry Ford and Bumby or something there. And uh, But their brewery is out off, uh, what, Ronald Reagan or 434 mm-hmm. out that way on yep. Lake Mary Boulevard. Yep. Not too bad. All right. Well, hey, any last words, guys? Thank you. Thank you. For uh, this little interview. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, hey, and good and, luck. Good luck with this beer. I, I got to give a shout to Bob. Yeah. Here. Poor Bob didn't get to talk. <laughs> Bob's just been standing there, very Belgian very Bob Weeder. <laughs> <laughs> Bob has been manning the the kettle, making sure that everything's. <laughs> no, your glory days are still ahead of you, sir. Yeah, never doubt. He did retire like last Monday, so he's you know he's looking for the the no, he's not retiring for brewing. That's for sure. Well. Thank you, sir. Keeping the brew going. Somebody has to while we're doing all this silliness. And thank you, guys. And this Saison is awesome. I guess I'll have to talk to somebody about the Saison. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of The Brew Files. We hope that you enjoyed this chance to learn about Brewers Anonymous and maybe how to have some fun with your club and get everyone excited. They've put together an interesting crew and slate of activities, so feel free to steal. And if you're in Orlando, check them out every third Friday at Rock Pit Brewing. Now, if I could just get my hands on that Saison. Remember, if you have show ideas, styles, brewers, techniques, ingredients, etc., you can drop us a line at podcast at experimentalbrew.com. You can reach us at denny at experimentalbrew.com or drew at experimentalbrew.com. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Reddit, and just about every homebrew forum out there. And, of course, you can always find us at www.experimentalbrew.com. Don't forget, you can support the podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Click the AHA Amazon, Brewers, Friends, or BYO links on the website, and by going to Patreon and pledging a buck or two or more to our charitable cause, which for this part of the year is not one more vet, an organization dedicated to mental health services for the folks who help take care of our animals. So until next time, remember the brew is out there, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Brew Files. And by the American Homebrewers Association, a hub for homebrewers since 1978. Visit homebrewersassociation.org for recipes, brewing tips, and community.